take one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, welcome to the Reimagine Teaching Podcast. Uh, my name is Brittany, your host. Um, I am so excited to jump into podcasting again um, and introduce you to some of my favorite people and hopefully interview people I don't know yet um, with the idea of talking about and reimagining what teaching in school could look like. Um, so with that, for my first episode, I asked my best friend in the whole world, who's known me almost longer than anybody else, um, Christina Moffitt, to be here with me today. Hello. Um, and Christina is a speech therapist um, and advocate for all things I do and supportive in everything I do, um, but also for um, people with disabilities and working um, to make things more fair and just for them. I know you don't use the word justice very often, but it fits you. I, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> also, you forgot your first podcast partner. Yes, and my first podcast <laughs> partner. When we uh, lived together, we had a brief podcasting yeah. stint together, yep. which was a very different <laughs> yes. podcast. 14 episodes, a lot, lot. We didn't know as much about tech then. <laughs> But it felt right to have you do the first one for this. Yeah. Our banter is pretty on point. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So with that, um, one of the purposes of this podcast is to try to be more positive and forward-looking um, about teaching and education in general. Um, if you, But also very real. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know I've told you a lot when I'm working on Instagram stuff, there's kind of two... Um, extremes of like, you know, if you go on Reddit, it's like teaching's awful, everyone's awful. Yes. <laughs> and if you go on Instagram, it's like, here's my color-coded classroom that I spent way too many hours on, and I'm somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yes, like a normal person. Like, it's awful, but um, we're going to make it. Yep. And also, I don't have energy to color-coordinate things um, at all. I don't have energy to, like, grade papers. Much I know, I was like, just day by day, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that, I wanted to make sure that we started our episodes, um, I mean, obviously things will get sad and depressing and, and honest, but to start with some, some joy. So what is something that is bringing you joy this week, Christina, that you're like, this is what's helping me get through the week? Yes. I think you probably know. I think I know. We got a dog. You got a dog? <laughs> we got a dog. She's so cute. She's very cute and very friendly. And so sweet. So I um, I spent most of my childhood being very scared of dogs. Because no I had no pets and no one I knew had pets except for the neighbor dog next door, which was big and knocked me over. And I was scared. So then, then when we became friends, yes. my house, we had a chihuahua. Who was not scary. Not scary. That was like a, like a joke of a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, that was like the first dog. I was like, oh, maybe there's some dogs that are okay. And then since then, then my husband and I, we got a house last year and then his work schedule changed so he's away a lot more you've had a hedgehog i've had a hedge yes we got a hedgehog in the apartment we still have him and then then we just got a rescue dog last week and her name is freya and she's a sweet pea and she also came like pretty trained so that was really helpful yeah because <laughs> i was like we're not ready for a puppy no. i don't know what i'm doing she was so funny they walked over here yesterday and you texted and you were like, I'm too tired, I can't make the walk. Yep. And I was like, that's fine, I'll still say hi to your husband and the dog. Yep. And then she came right up on my front porch and just sat at my front door. <laughs> she's like, let me, like, 
I'm I'm good to nap now. If right, like I'm here. Open your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's like, I don't mind. <laughs> right, I'm cool. If you're, good. I have cats and I don't know what they would do with her, but she just sat. She was like, yeah, I'm good with stopping here. Yeah, take a yep. little nap. Well, yeah, my husband has definitely been uh, been pushing, you know, been pushing and also getting us all in shape, kind of thing. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. So that is what's bringing me joy. Is awesome. she is a good TV buddy and Aww. a sweet pea. She is so cute. Mm-hmm. I think for me, so we're officially on, well, have been on summer break, but my summer break really has not started until this week. Mm-hmm. Because the first two weeks of summer were, the first week of summer, I don't even know how many weeks we've been off. It's been a, like, crazy, busy... Yeah, it's been like, we'll say, we'll say it's been a couple weeks. A couple weeks somewhere. Um, but there was, there was, there was some family yeah. stuff, but just, you were really busy. Yeah, I was... We'll say. The being very caretakery. Yes. And that's not relaxing. Um, I love it. Not relaxing. No. So this week I was finally, and I'm so grateful you came here and you didn't make a single comment about the number of piles in my house. Oh. But I'm so <laughs> grateful that I've had time to relax this week. Yes. Um, and my house is a mess because of it, but it's so nice that, like, I can just sit and yes. chill and I've played a lot of video games. Yes. That's been great. Read a book in two days, took a nap. It's been awesome. A lot of naps. A lot of I, naps. I mean, we really like naps. Well, the other night I went to bed at like nine, and Joe was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I just didn't get my nap in today. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get, gotta get going early." I don't know what you want from me, man. I, I have a certain number of awake hours. I, I've been, yeah, I've been awake since like ten this morning. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> Summer break is great. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. So I wanted to ask a little bit, and I know your job is a little bit different than most teachers, um, and you get to transition this I summer. Do, I so know. what right now is your position as a speech therapist? What does your daily job look like? So I am currently, until next month, <laughs> a, um, a speech therapist for a county's birth to three program, which, um, so part of IDEA, it's part C, I believe, uh, that is every county has to have an available birth to three program that does not have a wait list, does not, um, does not count on payment. Like it's a nonprofit. So I work for an agency that's contracted by the county. So what I do is it's feeding and speaking language development most of my caseload is language so usually we get 18 months to two-year-olds who like the doctor or someone notice like they're not talking mm-hmm. so then we evaluate and then give them services until they're three then they transition to the school district so i do home visiting and where i work is a very wide variety of homes and families there's very 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 low income and also out in the county there's very well-off people, too. And yeah, who just don't have the services yeah, around them, too. Yeah, and then of all all culture, all wide variety of cultures and family dynamics and foster kids and, like, all yeah. kinds of stuff and stuff. So, um, so I work with the families. We use a coaching model, so we coach the parents and caregivers and teachers um, if we're in a daycare um, and let them know, like, kind of work with them and the kid of, like, strategies to help encourage them to talk and communicate a lot of times we'll use pictures or gestures or signs at first and get to verbal words um and uh we work with physical therapists and occupational therapists and we have a special ed teacher on staff um just to help the child succeed in the family's goals um and then a few months before they turn three we contact the school district and start setting up um 
like kind of get the family introduced to them. So then the school district will do all of the um, like evaluations if the kid needs further services so that the day they turn three, they keep getting services and there's no gap. Um, and it's all free. So we still bill. A lot of our kids are Title 19, but we still bill, but no kid is denied because of lack of funding availability yeah. and, and stuff like cool that. And what's cool for the families you guys work with is, yeah, they don't have to pay if they don't have means to pay. Mm-hmm. And you go to them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So whether the kid is at home or at daycare or you said there's been a couple times where they text like, we're at Auntie's house today. Yes. Can yep. you come here? Yep. There's, um, yep. there's one I locked myself out. I'm at my godmother's house. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That you, you know, really are the organization is committed to making sure that the kids get the services they need, whatever that looks like. Yes. On the other hand, that's exhausting for you. Oh, yes. (laughs) Boy, (laughs) is it. (laughs) So, and how long have you been doing? Four years. Four years. Yeah. Yeah, that you've been in that position. Yes. And that's a lot of driving. Yes. And communicating, and families are not, (laughs) families don't communicate nine to five. No. Yeah. And so. And, And you can no show an appointment at your own house. You can. Yeah. That's right. We that was a about, fun fact. You're like, I see them peeking through the curtains. There was one time they I were. heard them, and I was like, all right, I guess it's not today. And then there's sometimes where they're like, oh, I'm at the laundromat. And I'm like, oh, bye. Yeah. See you later. So, yes, there's a lot of um, just flexibility, and we just roll with it. Yeah. And it is a voluntary program. So if for some reason it's, you know, we try, we try a, as hard as we can to make it work. If for some reason it doesn't work for the family at that time, they can re-refer when it's better for mm. them. Or um, there's a lot of private options in the area if they're able to uh, get transportation or they have yeah. transportation. Yeah, so, and you guys were able yeah. to do some like virtual services still yes. through the pandemic. And yes, I actually liked that because I could do. It was um, it was all it was like simultaneously easier to no show because you just don't pick up the phone. <laughs> But also, I had a lot of sessions where I wouldn't, like, they were in the car on the way somewhere, but I still Mm. had a session. So that was actually kind of cool. For some families, it was, like, a really good, like, they're on the way to an appointment, you know, an hour away, but they can still see me. So, like, okay. Yeah. And it could down on your travel time. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The the county is so long and so tall. It's just, oh. Yeah. You're like, I went 45 minutes away and then got no-showed. Yes. Happy Monday. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, the time that I went, I went for one of those, I got no-showed, and it was the one I got a speeding ticket on the way to. <gasps> That's right. And they weren't there. And I was like, oh. Well, I was like, oh, I'm going home now. <laughs> I was like. That's right, you got a ticket, yep. and you were no-showed. Yup. Oh, I was like, gosh. that was the day where I just went home. <laughs> but you're not going to do this anymore. I'm not. No, you I'm found, you are transitioning. So what is your new gig going to be? It is going to be with the school district. Woo! They suck you in. Yeah, welcome to the dark side. I know, right? They suck you in with those really good benefits. I know. You know? And, like, consistent pay. Oh, consistent hours. And, yeah. Fairly, you know, other than special events, which is fine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so I will be transitioning. I just got official, well, I officially signed my contract this past week, but I was high, I had the offer last month. And so I will be a speech therapist for the local public school district. I don't have any other information right now on what the setting, like age and school and stuff, because um, they're still figuring out all the caseloads. Yeah. And they said realistically, one of the occupational therapists I know, she was like, it'll probably be like end of July, early August. I was like, eh, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, if you're lucky. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, all right. As well, long as I first, know like where. Yeah, my first job... You know, and I do ESL, but my first job, they were like, we know we need more ESL teachers, but we don't know where yet. Yes. And so I literally started the year 
I was getting full-time pay, but only part-time hours at the high school. I and they were like, we will that. fill the rest of your hours when we know where we need you. That's right. So I didn't, I didn't get the other half of my job till October. Mm-hmm. And then, which worked out great, because I was at the high school all day, and but only taught half of my classes. So I just did all the, like, beginning of the year assessments and oh, paperwork yeah. for them. Because I was like, I don't have nothing to do. I don't have a, right. I mean, I only have a half-day <laughs> schedule until they tell me otherwise. Um, but... Yeah, and my stepmom is already a speech therapist mm-hmm. in the district, yes. so I know you've talked to her a little bit, yeah. and we've kind of seen how it works for her. Mm-hmm. At one point, she was at two different schools and just traveled halfway through the day. Mm-hmm. I know they are trying to cut down on that, mm-hmm. especially for speech therapy, because it yeah. typically is one or two times a week yes. and not daily services. Yes. They can be like, oh, you're at this, you know, school A, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, school mm-hmm. B, Tuesday, Thursday, or whatever it looks like. Um, and you just get your hours in that way. But yeah, definitely more uh, consistent hours. Yes. And having the summers off. You know, like, even though it's not like you're actually off, because you're never off, you at least are like, well, I at least don't have to go to the building right, for a few months. I can take my time and do, like, my thing. Right. But I don't have to, like, go service students. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for my, nice. like, I, I mean... Obviously went straight from college to teaching, so I've never had to work through... Well, that's not true. I worked through the summer in college, but... Yeah. But I've never, like... I can't imagine having a job that doesn't have a break. Like I know, right? I need the, like, distinct, like, as long as we make it to this date, <laughs> then we'll have time to recover. I just don't... Yeah. I can't manage my time well enough, I would. <laughs> yes, I have... Yeah, I have... We always work through the summer on our end. We have... We do have a good... Where I am right now, we have a good amount of time off. Um, especially in the summer, they have like extra two weeks because people oh, travel, yeah, that's right. which is really nice. Um, but I am looking forward to it. I cut down to four days a week last fall because of some health stuff. So that'll be a transition to go back to five, but with all the stuff built in and like those shorter yeah. hours, because that's the other thing with my job right now is that we try to be as flexible as reasonable. Yeah. Um, and especially like you're making your own schedule. So when a family asks like, they have all this stuff going on. They're like, you know, this time, can you please do this later appointment? And even though technically I don't, I don't want to ever, but, yeah. <laughs> but even though I'm not, you know, we flex our hours and stuff. There's sometimes where it's like, ah, sure. You know, it's yeah. fine. Like, you know, the family you want to help, but the, the problem is, is that you do that all the time with everybody right. because we're all caring, nurturing people and we just want to help. Right. And so I think it'll be harder to, schedule all of my kids in this, you know, time period, but I think it'll be healthier in terms of, like, cut off, done, other than, of course, IEPs and yeah. conferences, like, the special stuff, which, yeah, nah, that is what it is. And then you just have to figure out, like, like, I can no longer work after school. Mm. So when I first started teaching, the getting up in the morning was not for me. No. <laughs> It's not me. We live together. Oh. Um, And I would say, I mean, I didn't have anything to come home to. I mean, you, I love you, but. I was also, I mean, I was also in school. I was in grad school at the time, so I was usually not there. Right. So I would stay at work till five Mm o'clock and get my stuff done after school. Now, by the end of the day, I have no mental capacity left. No. And so trying to sit down and do paperwork after school is not happening. Mm -hmm. So now when I like, if it's a busy week, I just get up early and I'm usually at my desk I try to be there, like, 45 minutes before I have to be mm-hmm. and, like, eat my breakfast real slow and get my stuff done. <laughs> or if it's, like, 
really like at the end of the school year we had a ton of paperwork and I was yes. like it's not happening yeah like, I have to run finals and I have to it's not happening and so then the week after school was out I was at my kitchen table <laughs> doing paperwork that was due the week before like but there were no teenagers yelling at me yes. and I didn't have to answer emails because all my coworkers were yeah. off <laughs> like yeah I actually just got to sit and do it yes definitely thriving on the whole like like here's a general deadline but all the days leading, like, you can just kind of, like, oh, I could work for an hour, and then I'm going to go watch TV, and then, gonna, right. you know, like, that just, that just hits different <laughs> Yeah. when you have teenagers screaming at you and teachers popping in and out. Yeah. yeah. It's like, nope, 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 <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm excited about the change. Um, I did a school placement when I was in grad school that I really liked, and luckily at that one, I got to experience all the ages. We did three days at the elementary school. Uh, one at the middle and one at the high school. So I got to kind of get a variety. And honestly, I really like all the ages. I, yeah. They're all different, but I love them. Yeah. They're, they're great. And most of the time, speech ser- services are they're mi- primarily focused in the elementary yes. setting. Because kids end up aging out. Yes. I mean, the goal is like, right. if, we help you and then you won't yes. need it through high if school. If we have a kid who's 16 and still can't say they're ours likely they'll never be perfect and we especially because obviously with an IEP it has to be academically relevant so we had a middle schooler I serviced who had like a lisp or something but we went with intelligibility and everyone knew could understand her all her teachers could understand her she wasn't uh she didn't feel bad about it she was fine speaking from the class so we're like it's not academically relevant so yeah, we, we it's not hindering her yeah we just continue services if they wanted to continue with private they could but at least in the school we're like I, they don't need she doesn't right. need us academically <laughs> she's right. doing great that's awesome so um and then in the high school and the higher levels there's like different services of like a lot more like push into like the um more like severe to profound rooms yeah. and helping them with whatever kinds of communications as the kids are transitioning into um like the 18 to 21 program or after that for yeah. placements or programs or work and stuff so it's i like that i like that area too it's very different but that one's kind of i don't know it's just kind of like you get to like think outside of just the school box yeah sort of thing which is fun it is fun yeah i got to work with a student so we our esl assessment measures um reading writing speaking and listening so i had to give the assessment we have a different version for our like yeah severely profound special needs students and it's a one-on-one it looks like a picture book and yes. i'm just like can you point to this for me can Perfect. you yeah you know what do you see in the picture and they just have to kind of tell me and the one kid, they were working on, um, oh, he, he can't, he has a communication device. Okay. So his IEP goal is to use his communication device, his iPad and talk, but he can't use it for this assessment because I need to hear him actually speak. Of course. Which, so he was kind of mad because, you know, he's getting irritated because yeah. he wants to use his iPad. Right. He's like, and, this is how I talk. Yeah. And I'm like, no, can you tell me? And so he just kept telling me, he kept holding my hands and being like, I love you. <laughs> I love you. And I'm like, I love you too. Now, can you please tell me what you right, see in the And his right. teacher was laughing. She was like, he does that to us all the time when we're like pushing him to do something. Yeah, and he's like, like she's like, yeah, we have like all these speaking goals, but he'll just, he'll go back to that because he knows he gets a reaction. He'll just be like, I love yeah. you. You get, yeah, and you're like, oh, you. <laughs> it was so funny. It's like a dog, like, like a puppy dog eyes. I'm I like, know. Please, I love you so much. I don't like, want to do this. <laughs> right. Can like, I be done? Right. Can so we move though. on? Yeah. And that's, that is, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that, um, 
Yeah, I had to, like, verbally speak. Yep. Which is interesting, because there's students who, you know, can't. Oh, we have a student, we just actually exited him for services, but he made it all the way through, he was a freshman this year, all the way through freshman year, with an ESL language plan, even though he was deaf. Oh, did he use ASL? Yeah. Oh, so, you know, a different language than... Right. You know, like... So we can't teach him English as a second right. language. Because he also... He can't hear us, so he also right. doesn't speak English. Right. Also, his parents speak Spanish. Ah. And sign language. ASL. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. His parents uh-huh. speak Spanish and sign language. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> we had to, like, have a parent meeting, and, like, the, we had so many translators That's and interpreters. That's a lot interpreters. of interpreters, yes. Um... But, yeah, so he would come in. He always had an interpreter with him. So he came in a couple times, and we just talked. He's super sweet, very shy. But finally, we're like, we got in trouble, actually, for not giving him the full assessment. And we were like, we can't give him the listening session because right. he's deaf. Right. So and they like, were like, well, let us contact the state. We'll get back to you. And I was like, I don't know what you want right, from us. Right. Also, that can't be the first time this has come up. Like, not no. maybe in your school. Maybe? But yeah, also, it was his first time in high school. But and like, also, what did they do the last... Eight years he's been in school. Right. It was so ridiculous. And so we also, finally, like, yeah. got his ESL designation taken off of his. Okay. And he can um, just do. Because he's just. Deaf and hard of hearing program. And, Great. Yep. Great. Which is a much better placement for him anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I was like, huh. I can't write a speaking goal for this kid. No. No. Because. Verbally speaking. No. Yeah. Hmm. No, and he's great at ASL. I don't know what he's saying. Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, I think he's great. It sure seems like it. Yeah. So he was funny. hilarious, too. I remember you talking about him. Oh, yeah. He loves anime. And, like, the kids are like, you know, what kind of anime do you like? And he would sign, and the interpreter would say. And then she was like, C-O-D? She was like, I don't know what that... She, like, had to ask him oh. about it. And I was like, yeah, it's Call, it was like Call of Duty. Oh. She was like, I guess I need to research what he does more, because trying to... Like, interpret what he's signing. She was so confused. It was so funny. I love that, though. (laughs) And they're like, which, you know, which COD? And she was like, how do I sign that? (laughs) So funny. She's like, I I guess I don't talk to teenagers enough. I know, clearly. (laughs) So it was so sweet of her, too, because she's technically only his interpreter for academic settings. Right. But she agreed to come and sit with us to have lunch so she could interpret with him for lunch, which is not really her job description. No. She was like, it was so sweet. She's like, I wish you would talk to people more, too. I know. I Yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It, it would... Having that... Um, needing that interpreter still for, like, a social setting and, like, figuring yeah. out... Also being a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. Like, that... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, well, also then, that. Then my kids felt they didn't want to use the interpreter anymore. <laughs> so then they... I mean, they, like... They were like, no, no, I don't think we need you. We can figure this out. And then they were <laughs> yeah. like... He can read, right? And she's like, yeah, he can read. And they're like, okay, we got this. And then they were writing on the chalkboard all their favorite video games. And then they would point and be like, do you like this one? Or do you play this? And then he would just nod or shake his head. It was so funny. And they were like, yeah, we don't need you. We got this. Yeah, kids are adaptive. They're like, no, no, no. We We don't need a grown-up. Right. Please. (laughs) Aw, that's so sweet. All right, so you brought today... I brought... You brought to me... You want to talk about reimagining... Disabilities. Yes. And I know you're a history nerd. <laughs> so, in the, like, 60 second, I'm not going to time you. But okay. Like, oh, boy. If we talk about some of these, some of the issues that might come up on this podcast, obviously yes. we don't have a history of. Yeah, that's, yeah, I that's mean, a good point. If we, yeah. like, reimagine, you know, ASL services, there's right. not a history of. Right, right, like, what is that? Yeah. Immigrants in schools. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They didn't. So, but for um, disability services, there mm-hmm. is a vast, and I know it's a very vast history of disability services. So what is your, like, your short pitch of the history? Okay. <laughs> it's actually, well, it's shorter than it should be, <laughs> but... Oh, really? Well, so basically until... So ASL wasn't developed until the 1830s. And Braille, honestly, yeah, Braille was around the early, like, 1800s, too. So it's a shorter history than we would expect, as well as uh, everyone thought that you couldn't educate those kids. So, mm. you know, they would grow up to be beggars. They're like, well, they're they're dumb or they're sinful or th- they're crazy. Um, but, <laughs> and in, at the federal level, kids were not required, kids with disabilities were not required to be publicly educated until about 1974? I think, is one of the laws. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. PL, I used to know it. It's like 142-something. Yeah. Either way. So that was the first time that they were like, required, like, no, really. And then IDEA, um, which is Individuals with, in, uh, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, was, I believe, 1990, 91? Somewhere in there. Oh, so it is, like, way sooner than I was thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very new (laughs) so and then obviously like then there's like the education history of then there's no child left behind and then um what was when obama did uh every child succeeds yeah 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 so then there's all those which have been in those 2000s so that's that's kind of the history in a very small nutshell so prior to 74 whatever that we're just gonna say that's the year now yeah um what did it look like I mean, so kids so, with disabilities were not required to correct, be in school. Correct. So usually, so they did by then, because especially around the, like, the turn of the 20th century, they had uh, some blind schools, deaf schools, which were private. The families had to, like, come up with the funding somehow to right. send their kid there. And they were amazing programs, but there weren't that many, and they were very expensive. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was... I mean, if, if a family could advocate with their local school hard enough, they could get their kid in school. But that was the exception, not the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it was, I mean, the level of education is a little bit questionable. Because, right. like I said, I have a student who is on my case that's deaf. Yeah. I don't know how to help him. I don't right. know ASL. I right. don't, like... <laughs> so then you go back to 1902. <laughs> right. And... Um, and also at the time, by the way, ASL was not wanted to be taught for many decades because they want, it was called oralism. They wanted the kids to learn, the kids who were deaf to learn how to speak and lip read. And they mm. like did not. So that's a big contentious issue in the history. But before that, if a child, well, if a child wasn't already sent away somewhere, because that happened a lot too. Um, like if a baby with Down syndrome was born, we'll say 1947, they're like, we'll put them in the hospital forever. They're dumb. Forget mm-hmm. about them. They're they're useless. They're never going to do anything. So, and then if a kid was home, again, before that, it's just basically if the parent was able to advocate hard enough. And it was like, I mean, like on a like county, state level possibly to get their kid services. Even if it was, so there was a, especially in the 50s and 60s after the polio epidemic was really big. Well, I guess so early 50s. But the resulting education kids from 50s, 60s, 70s, there was kids who were in wheelchairs, but, or, or on, um, ventilation support, but cognitively they were typical kids, and all these schools that have 
no access. They're like, right. what do we do with these kids? Like, so that was a big turning point. And then in the like late 60s, early 70s is when there's all this like disability rights and justice movement, um, especially around Berkeley um, was like the hub of it. And that was when they were like, hey, like that was how they passed the Americans with Disabilities Act, which is ADA. And that was how they started getting things accessible. And then in the 70s was when the education was like, also every kid has a right to an education Mm -hmm. um and so that was when it really was a turning point and then it was like solidified with IDEA so yeah yeah and then yeah before that it was just kind of a crapshoot yeah and that's I mean so before even it was really like if the families had the means or the time and energy (laughs) to make things happen for their kids which is exhausting yes sometimes you could get a home tutor like sometimes the school would be like we can't have your kid here for xx and x reason but we'll send a tutor to your house. So I know there were some kids that had that, especially after the polio, like if they were like at home on a ventilator and stuff. But that wasn't very frequent. Like it was maybe the teacher would come a couple mornings a week and it usually wasn't that great. You know, it wasn't an age typical education, we'll say. It was right. like not necessarily. So it was, yeah, it was. And sometimes the parents were able to, you know, teach them stuff at home too, but it just depended. And then people with intellectual and cognitive disabilities, that was like, if, again, if they were able, if they were, if they had a family who was able to keep them at home, that was a big deal, much less than Mm -hmm. them to school. So that was, yeah, the residential schools and programs really started closing down probably like uh, late 70s, 80s, I think, um, because there was some, uh, a lot, a lot of scandals uh, and stuff. So once they got them home or in a home setting and they're like oh and now we can okay we could also educate these kids because they're not useless (laughs) right so So what does disability services look like today and i know you have some personal experience with this (laughs) so on top of your job (laughs) so yeah my sister has angelman syndrome she's three years older than me but um she um has a severe cognitive disability um, she is, like, not, like, fully toilet trained, um, needs a good amount of assistance with daily cares, um, stuff like that, and then she is non-speaking, so she uses a mix, she's probably got, I think I counted once, maybe, like, 40-ish signs, um, a couple verbal words, and then her iPad, and so she has had, she was one who they identified way back when she was, like, I think early, like, one when she was one year old because she wasn't meeting milestones so she got early intervention services and a whole bunch of testing and stuff but we didn't have a diagnosis until she was in high school but she was clearly very severely had severe disabilities so she was in services like right away um and my parents have a lot of feelings about that because she was born like the year i think she was yeah, she was born in 91, mm-hmm. so, like, the year after or the year of, like, IDEA. So it was all very right. new services. <laughs> and so it's very interesting to think, like, she's 30 now. Like, what would that have looked like? Well, and even, then, I mean, it's one thing to say, here's the law, you have to do this. Yes. And one thing to say, also do it well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I'm sure for yes. them it was a little nerve-wracking to be like, great, now she, you know, legally is required to get services but nobody said like there wasn't a baseline of like also here's how to do it well because it was so new yeah and they tried to do inclusion with her because at her elementary school at the time she didn't there wasn't like a um uh classroom like a separate classroom so she was included in the class with an aide which was 
great, but also her peers were all, every year they were getting more and more ahead of her. And she, I think it was, I'm glad that she was in the classroom because it was really good for the, like we still run into every so often someone who was in class with her mm. in town and they remember her and they love her. The teachers Aww. loved her. So that was really good. Academically, you know, I don't know. Cause I mean, there becomes a point where, I mean, I taught elementary yeah. and I know your sister really well. So there yeah. comes a point where like, we're not doing picture books and singing right. around the carpet anymore. Right. You know, it's, you know, reading independently and, and writing <laughs> and math, right. which are things that, yeah. you know, are not ever going to be goals for your sister. No. <laughs> they always had to make those. They, that was always the funny part every IUP because you have to make some kind of academic goal. Right. So usually like for math or something, it was like, like sorting and like that yeah. kind of math. But even so, I know my parents were always like, yeah, they, they wished that it could be more, more realistic slash practical goals yeah more occupational focus and like in high school like she was in a separate classroom and that was well actually starting in middle school and then in high school and that was a really good fit for her that Mm -hmm. was that was where she did really well she they almost got her toilet trained in high Mm -hmm. school they they got really close um but also just she was happy because she she enjoys being with her peers. Mm-hmm. Um, she is, for being, for being not speaking, is so social. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, she's such a joy. People. She loves people. Yeah. So, yeah. So she Every time we'll, everything. like, take her, we take her to, like, the farmer's market or yeah. out. And <laughs> she, one, has to wave at every baby. Oh, of course. And say hi. Yep. Greet the baby. Um, two, any adult who even looks her direction. <laughs> She wants to introduce you to them, and she'll, like, take yes. your hand and make you shake hands with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm so sorry, stranger. This is my sister, Emily. Yep, yep, yep. She's and then happy to be here. she knows so many people, because she yes. is in so many adult programs now, yes. that, she, like, people will introduce themselves to you yes. and be like, oh, I work with your sister at such and such <laughs> yep, a place. Yep. Or I was her bus driver when she was eight. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, But okay. she remembers them yes. and, like, needs everyone. It's so funny when you bring her to, like, parties and stuff, because oh she needs everyone to shake hands. Yep. And the whole time she she doesn't speak, but she grunts and squeals yes. and oh, makes yes. a bunch of noise. Is like you guys, everyone's gonna be friends now because <laughs> yes. I lots, said so. Lots of vocalizing and just oh yeah, she's she's so fun. And she was a great like her kindergarten teacher. We're still friends with her on Facebook, and she remembers Emily so fondly because like she was like especially because then she was like she was like the model for like inclusion you know yeah because like, all the kids were so good to her yeah and like took care of her and she loved everyone and she was just yeah. happy to be there so that part was really like that was really That's good cool. and then as she got older like she learned like she what was nice with her classroom in high school like they went on a lot of they went on outings all the time and she got to do a lot of different things and learn a lot of different skills like she we learned she loves shredding paper <laughs> and she can't read so there's no confidentiality things but she loves it she likes to help you know just all that kind of stuff yeah and, i laugh though yeah. when you say like oh they'd have her do sorting because she's also stubborn oh she's so stubborn. like i can't imagine being like can you sort these things and yes. emily would be like um i don't want to right now yeah so, no. she's like yeah that was that was always a hard part is uh we ideally we were like like we're like our goal was like maybe like one hour of like paid work one-on-one really simple a week for somewhere in a sheltered workshop and they were like yeah maybe but she doesn't have that like well she's like i don't want to and right why would she'll just start signing asking for ice cream yeah yeah, or she'll say i'm done or she'll just leave it was like i don't want to (laughs) so at what point did she learn sign and so she doesn't speak a- ASL. Right. To be really clear. <laughs> right. She uses signs, but not the full 
American Sign Language, grammar, yeah. all that stuff. Because part of her disability is dexterity, right? Yes. Like, yeah. she literally cannot... Yeah, her fine motor is yeah. okay, but not great. So there's a lot of signs she just can't do. Um, so she... Let me think. I know she got her first talking device in third grade. So that was like 99-ish. And it was this big old cinder block <laughs> of a thing. I that can't cost, imagine. That cost literally... A tablet from 1999. Yeah. You'll have to look up a picture of that. It, it's called a... It was... The brand was Dynavox, but it was like their 1999. I think it was called <laughs> Dynamite. But like... It, and it was, these things are like 13 grand at least. Oh my like these are like, no joke. She got another one advantage in high school, I want to say. Um, but yeah, I, to my knowledge, I don't remember her not using simple signs, but I also remember from a very young age when she used a new sign, trying to figure out what it meant mm. kind of thing. So like when I was little, so we'll say like kindergarten, I'm getting ready. So she's like eight. Um, I know for sure then she had more and eat like, those kinds of ones, and then just over the years, she just kind of picks them up. I believe they probably honestly started trying signs with her right away when she was a toddler yeah. early, you know, when they were figuring out, like, oh, maybe this, you know, this will be better. Um, but she now, I mean, like, now she learns so fast. And she makes up her own. And she makes up her own. Which is so funny. So she has a sign for pretty much everyone that she sees on a regular basis. Yes. Yeah. So, um, like, her caregiver's husband, she does muscles. Yeah. Because he's big and strong. Yeah, for, like, your husband. Oh, he has a beard, yeah. so she strokes her chin. Yep, yep, yep. And and then she says mama and dada, and then she learned, uh, we taught her the sign for hedgehog when she yeah. when she got a hedgehog, or when we got a hedgehog, and she loves loves him. Um, yeah, her sign for me, because I have a tattoo on my forearm. Oh, that's right. So she just rubs her forearm. Yeah, she, like, colors like, on her yeah, arm. Yeah, where my tattoo is on yeah. my arm, she just colors so, on her arm. Yeah, so the hard part is that when she comes up with a new sign, like, and this was more when she was younger, where we're like... All right. We got to, like, figure out what this means. Yeah. We usually got it. We got it eventually. Well, it's hard, too, because, like, you want to celebrate that she's communicating, but also we can't, like, every time she signs ice cream, we can't go get ice cream. Yes. yes. She <laughs> and has so she gets it. frustrated because, yes. like, she'll sign her favorite sign. It's my favorite sign. And yeah. she signs bowling and oh, yes. ice cream oh. in the same. She's oh, yeah. combined them now. Yep. All the same motion. <laughs> and, um, but, like, you can't. You're right. Like, yeah. Right. Bowling and we, ice cream. Our, not today. Yes. Our favorite. We say later. Yeah. Eighty-seven times a day, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> like, because and then she's fine. She doesn't understand time. So she's like, oh, at some point I will. And then she might get frustrated because she's like, well, I want to be doing that like yesterday. Like, right. I want to be already there. <laughs> um, but it's we always think of it like she's just signing. Like, there's sometimes where she just like science things she's thinking about and so like you know she'll just do a bunch of different ones and there's so many times where we're going like if we're going downstairs she needs a little bit of help and she needs to have her arms like on the railings but she'll like stop and then do a bunch of signs we're like stop talking like go downstairs <laughs> or at nighttime she'll like sign and we're like I, it's dark I can't I don't know what you're saying <laughs> and she just keeps going that's so funny. yeah so, so yeah yeah so that's interesting her being kind of right at the front edge of yes. services and then when we I mean we're a couple years younger than her mm -hmm. um but when we were in college then I remember you go like that's finally like she got an iPad and you were learning yes. about tech stuff and were able to like get her set up on an iPad and stuff yeah um but then what does it look like for her now now she's in an adult program mm -hmm. which wouldn't have existed when she was younger not yeah no not 
not to the degree. And they're getting, even now, they're still, well, relatively rare considering the need, mm-hmm. um, as well as expensive. Oh, it's true. You know, yeah. All that the stuff. wait list. Well, yeah. the, the one she's at now just opened. Yes. Yes. And there's still, I mean, you guys. They just started a wait list for it. And they're very sad because they want to service everyone. Right. But she was on the front end of that. And that was founded by um, a lot of parents who had their kids who were quote-unquote too disabled, because that happens a lot, Mm. (laughs) is uh, for a sheltered workshop, which is like a job setting with a lot of supervision and support, Um, and even some day programs. It's like this mix of like either they're kind of just too infantile, Mm -hmm. or just they don't do anything, so it's just like they're just lazing around watching TV, or like the demands just are a little bit much for her. And especially since she doesn't verbally speak, she, her communication sometimes is, you know, pushing or like smacking someone away, which you can't do that because it's aggression and, you know, all that stuff. So she was in a program for like 10 years and it really did do, she was doing pretty well with it. But this program opened up last year and it has been amazing. They're hoping to do residential too, which is great. But right now it's just, they try to do just as many experiences as possible. It's so cute. She gets, to, she gets to sign up for classes. Like I she's know. in a college. Yes. They call their, they call their teachers professors. And, oh my gosh. And they have, um, their groups that they're like divided into are called frats and they have little Greek names and they have like a little Google site where they like keep That's up. That's so fun. It's so fun. So like, and it's a really big variety. Like one is like um, they did one where they went to um, a local restaurant and had, and it was like a group of people who all use some kind of device to communicate and encouraging, helping them order. You oh, know, I remember order seeing for their those food, pictures. You know, yeah, that they all like had that. to order for themselves, yeah. and the and the waiters were yeah. awesome. And then there's also just a variety of like the other day they I think they were learning like about fishing like how to hook a pole <laughs> and um they have fashion shows so I know the fashion show pictures are my favorite because your sister loves clothes and attention and <laughs> so she was she was in heaven She's she was so like happy. I get to wear all the shirts at once yes and then everyone is gonna cheer for me oh and she was and she was so, so happy. happy yes she was adorable it. so that's a really good fit <laughs> yeah and then they have a store too I know you've yes. got a couple things so like if they do like a clay project then they sell all yes, the Yes, they have lots of shirts and stuff. And then, like, yeah, they have, like, coasters and uh, greeting cards, just all kinds of stuff um, that they sell. Oh, and they have, I think my parents just got one. They um, they started making dog biscuits. Aww. And so they keep forgetting to bring one for our new dog. But they have thought about it. <laughs> They're like, we have <laughs> it at home. <laughs> it's at home. It's so cute. Um, so, yeah, and just a lot. She's been a lot more, like, emotionally regulated and independent. Like, just a lot calmer. And they have a really nice sensory really nice sensory like room that's like I would want to be there like they just they just and they get it too which is nice because again these are all people who are deemed too disabled too severe for blank whatever whatever it may be um and and a lot of them communicate if they're upset they they communicate by pushing or biting or you know and stuff and so their goal is to keep them as regulated as possible you know and then helping them through those times and not just kicking them out yeah because there's some kids there's some adults that I know that basically they just get kicked out of every program in the area because of something happened yeah. and it's like I understand their safety obviously their safety and it like obviously yeah. but <laughs> but so you don't have another form of communication right and it's that the this program is some really nice of educating their staff and like what they can do but also just like they're not you know, the kid isn't, the, the adult isn't mean or, no. you know, or, or 
lazy or, or trying to agitate you. You know, it's like there, there's a reason. Yeah. You figure it out, and sometimes you don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. So, her, yeah, her education has come a long way. And it's really interesting because my sister-in-law also has some disabilities. But hers was um, because of um, neglect in early childhood. And then she was adopted by my husband's family. And so, for her, school was very hard because they thought she should catch up. Mm. There wasn't a medical reason. Right. Whereas your sister, like... It was very clear. Clearly had, like, she wasn't crawling. She wasn't at all talking. But your sister-in-law won't stop talking. Right. And is very active physically. Yes. So she did go through public school, through elementary school, and then her mom chose to homeschool her for middle and high school. And and then she went into, like, um, this local school, like, transition program for a Mm -hmm. few years and then has done different she's able to work and stuff so right she's yeah she works at the local uh fast food restaurant yeah she's Loves a competitive it. power lifter yes and yeah so that was a good fit but it's very interesting comparing the experiences because her my sister had the problem of too severe and she had the problem of not severe enough right and not knowing what to do with her so that's always a really hard it's really hard part about right. all of it so what is your like idea picture for the future like if we're reimagining this right past present and now what is like the Mm -hmm. like we should keep doing this we should you know in a perfect world we would start doing this and one of the things you talked about for your sister and your Mm sister-in-law but more for your sister is a residential program Mm -hmm. what does that mean yeah so um Many, many, many adults with disabilities live with their aging parents until the parent ages too much and can't take care of them. And sometimes, uh, like, both of them will end up in a nursing home together or other kid and the parent. Yeah. So Mm. it'll be, like, an adult with Down syndrome who's 60 living in the same nursing home as their mom who's 86 kind Mm. of thing. And so that's a very hard part of aging (laughs) uh, with adults with disabilities. And so my sister, because she is more severe, a lot of the local, like, group homes... Um, for adults with disabilities just aren't a good fit for her as well as she's very 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 attached to mom and dad she knows like mom is always home at night and like, mm. that's where I sleep so like even there was one time a few years ago I watched her for a week and I came over to her house and slept with her while my parents were on a vacation and even though she loves me she was very stressed oh yeah I think you said she cried every herself to she sleep every cry. night it was <laughs> Oh, even the one night where it was after um, a family wedding, it was just one night, she was up every hour Mm. going like, Mm. and it was so hard. So that's all a lot of challenges. So her current program wants to do residential, and that's the first hope my parents have had, um, is that this is a program that knows her. So they know usually, you know, 90% of the time, she's great and happy and joyful. Mm -hmm. She's not a person who usually goes feral and cries yeah, and, and she's screams. never malicious. Yeah, or, so yeah. I think that would be a really good help is it's people she knows, but they also know her. Um, and then hopefully it can be like a, a little bit of a slow transition, but it's like the first time it's like, oh, my parents might not live with her, you know, might not have her living at home until they're too old to take care of her and then she would probably live with me and my husband. Yeah. You know, so that's really exciting and again, huge need huge need well I know <laughs> just because of how long we've been friends just the I'm thinking through where things have come from mm-hmm. and so it starts with you know people only got services that their parents could advocate for them mm-hmm. to now it's school based but still if you have additional concerns or want to make sure that yeah. the quality is what you need it still really revolves on or it's, it's 
is centered on the parents have to step up. Yes. I know what they're talking about. A big challenge is how much and how soon the parents have to advocate mm-hmm. for their kid. It is immediately. <laughs> and what is the, like, why is that? What's the barrier to, Pro- I ask as someone who also oh, works yeah. in school, so I know. Yeah. Well, at least from what I've seen, because I see the kids, like, they're about, you know, they're three, they're transitioning, is a lot of it is the nature of the services is the parent is the expert on their child. And then we always tell the parent, like, you're the expert on your child. The people you're interacting with are experts in their fields mm-hmm. and stuff. And so there's some times where on paper this idea might look really good, but the parent knows, you know, okay, they're enrolled in, like, the morning preschool program. Well, the parent knows they're up until 3 a.m. and they don't get up until noon. So it's like, well, that wouldn't work right. because I know my child. We can't get up that early, but the the restrictions might be this is the only program we have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so there's there's some that's just kind of the natural, um, I don't know, just the natural part of what the services look like is there's, there's rules and restrictions and it's, there's never, it seems like there's never enough spots to or never enough perf- there's not a perfect program to fit everybody's needs no you know and every family's needs so that that i don't really know the solution to but that's just a part yeah um, one with our students like we um there's such a fear of over identifying yes that yeah that like in order to so students for our students who are esl right english as a second language for our students to get dual identified as ESL and special ed, yes. it is it literally takes an act of God. Yeah, because um, because so many of these things overlap. Mm-hmm. I mean, ESL and trauma and you know and, other special yeah. needs and autism and right. cognitive disabilities. <laughs> right, and it overlaps so severely um, that it just yeah it is it takes so much effort and data Mm -hmm. and then you know if the family has to move they have to start the whole process over again at their new school yeah unless the parents have gone out of their way to ask for all the data and have a lot of times the parents would have to know how to interpret it like yes here's my students you know scores from this test and this is what they show what does that mean i don't know right but a lot of parents i mean that's a huge huge plus iups are a federal document which means they are 25 pages long if you're lucky and hard to figure out, like, especially for a parent, like, I help parents read through theirs when they get theirs usually, and I ask, like, okay, what's, I just ask, what services are they getting, where, and how often? Right. And there's some parents who are like, can, you know, name or about, and there's some who's like, I zoned out. Like, I have, they just yeah. talked at me for an hour and a half. I have no idea, so I'll show them in the document. Like, yeah. this is where, like, I wish there was a summary page of, like, this is what you need. Right. And stuff, and, um... Yeah, and yeah. those, I mean, IEP meetings, legally, oh. we have to go through every single yes. page. We yep. can't just be yep. like, here's what's important to you, read the rest under. Like, we have to right. go through every Which single is, line. Yes. And yeah, like... Which is good, but also... <laughs> yeah, and they can't, like you said, they have to be academic focused, so it can't always address all of the right, concerns right. and like, issues. Like, we have kids, the biggest way I see that is we have kids with feeding issues, and the school can't address that there's sometimes oh. where they'll do like especially if there's a medical concern they'll do like oh they'll maybe eat lunch with their peers at the same time you know something like that but if they want feeding therapy um the parents have to pursue private because the school it's not it's academically not focused if they eat a variety of foods which is like i get it but also and that's why i feel about a lot of things is like i understand why they're in place 
but you know in the in the real world which is a lot with teaching is mm-hmm. that the things on paper the um the contracts the um protocols they do make sense but every kid and every family is so unique <laughs> it's just every situation is different and so i would love i guess one of them is like helping i wish that because and i'm at fault too i've sat in and done a lot of ieps and IFSPs, which is early childhood version of that. And so I know what's going on. So I go faster. For mm-hmm. a parent, especially when they're th- the kid's three, this is their first time. <laughs> right. And so it's very overwhelming and very scary to hear your child has significant developmental delay. Period. Here, you know, it's very right. scary. So I wish that we were all better at, like, I wish we were, eight, well, also had the time, <laughs> capacity, to slow down somehow give a summary and stuff and I will say like everyone tries like mm-hmm. I at least the meetings I've been on they really almost everyone really tries it's it's part of the process we go fast we you know and we know what we're talking about we know what the tests mean yeah so I wish there was a little bit more parent support as well as just like in a school setting like like a lot of the parents feel really isolated with their child um and all of their needs and so we, like my family, since we didn't have a diagnosis, we found community with uh, my sisters in the Special Needs Baseball League. Mm-hmm. That was our community. And it was great. It was wonderful. So I, and then for other families, it's their Special Olympics family. Or they go to this program. It's there. So I wish that the school, somehow there was some way to give that to parents. Because there's a lot of schools offer, you know, like parents night. Yeah you know, come join the PTA. Like, I know that there's not a ton, but there is some. And for parents with kids with disabilities, it's like, well, you know, I, you know, they can't or they don't want to make it or they're just so wrong. Right. You know, it's like, not the appropriate setting for my student my yeah. kid to yeah. come and meet like, other families. Yeah. Like, and even like, you know, like, even stuff like, I don't know, do they still do track and field day? Is that still a thing? Yeah. Okay. So, which, again, schools are getting better, but for a kid that might, it's like, you know, a parent might not want to be like, I don't want to, I want to come support my kid, but also I know that they're going to be overwhelmed sensory-wise and screaming the whole time, or they're going to be in the baseball field building sandcastles, and it's like, while you're seeing hundreds of other kids right, doing what they're, quote-unquote, supposed to do yeah. at their typical age. So I wish there was some kind of, some way. And I feel like, I'm asking this, like, for you more as a a sister of someone mm-hmm. who was in the school system, like, how much communication did your parents get from teachers when she was in the school system? It it varied a lot. Mm-hmm. It varied a lot. So, from what my memory is, obviously, animal IEPs. And when... It was better, I think, once she was in high school in the more... Um, the separate classroom. Um, mm-hmm. Those teachers really... They gelled well with her and gelled well with my parents. Um, But even with that, they're busy. So communication-wise, like, you put your kid on the bus, and then they get home on the bus. Yeah. (laughs) Eight hours later. And also, if they're not speaking, so my sister had a notebook that they would try to write stuff in. But we don't know what happened all day. Right. And and I do remember, because I helped watch your sister one summer. Yeah. Like, the notes would just be like, great day. Yeah. And you're like... Cool. And we can't ask, we can ask her, she might answer correctly yeah. or not. <laughs> like, what did you do today? And she's like, 
She's like, ice cream. Skydiving. Like, right. I don't think that's true. Uh, so somehow with the communication of like, and some, again, like at least on like my, um, my sister's program now, they have a Google site where they do like some pictures from the day, like what happened, you know, what, what we did and stuff. Um, so some way, if there was some way of like, or like daycares do this, yeah. you know, where they have that app where it's like, this is your app. Here's a picture of them. They did this or this, or if you have a, you know, and they changed them at this time and you know, yeah. all that. When I feel like too, as far as IEPs are concerned, the couple of IEP meetings I've sat in on as an ESL teacher, the parents had no idea what the goals were going to be. Also that. Going into the IEP meeting. Yes. There isn't really a spot for the parents to be like, I disagree, or why is that yeah. the goal? Yeah. I mean, there's really not. Yeah. If they are able to interject, they can. Right. But you have to, like, jump in. Right. And, and feel able to, which is... You have to feel able to <laughs> and confident enough to and be totally paying attention to know when to say, I object. And, know, and also, <laughs> know that you can. Yeah. You try to tell parents, like, you... This is, like, you You are as much a part of this team as yeah, anyone. Yeah, but I think a lot of... I mean, special ed teachers are also overworked, and so they're like, yeah. can I just get through this meeting? And, yeah, absolutely. But, and I, for my parents, a lot of times... I mean, learning English is such a huge goal. So I have oh, parents yeah. who are like, what can we do? What can we do at home? Right. I have never once... And I've asked as, you know, I'm not a special ed teacher, like, you know, the goal is to, you know, answer comprehension questions correctly three out of four times. And I'm like, okay, what... <laughs> What what level text are you reading? Right. Like what grade level are they right. reading at? And what grade level book should the parents and, be getting for their yeah. kids? And what what kind of answer do you want? Do you want one word? Do you want a sentence? Right. <laughs> Is it multiple choice? Like, yeah. it's such a vague thing that I can't imagine as a parent. And obviously, I'm not a parent yet. And when I am, I'm going to be crazy because I practically have a reading interventionist license. But <laughs> I can't imagine a parent being like, that means nothing to me. Right. I don't know how to bring that home. Right. Or how to support them. Yes. Or, you know, and there's no, like, like you said, no cheat sheet of, like, hey, whenever you're watching, and we tell our parents this for practicing English, so like, when you're watching a TV show, mm-hmm. if we're working on comprehension, just ask them about the show. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a reading thing. Yeah, yeah. Who, you know, what's happening? What were the characters, you know, mm-hmm. even if you don't remember the names of the people, like, what was going on? Yeah. What did you think about it? How would you have ended it differently? Yeah. Like, those kinds of questions help with comprehension, but... We don't, the IEP meeting is so, like, we have to read everything on the document. Yeah. Any questions? No? Have a great day. Great. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, the parents are also taking time out of their schedule. Yeah. A lot of them work or have other kids and have other appointments and other sport. And so, everyone is just, like, there's never enough time. So, I'm a big believer in, like, I know the, um, when I had my placement, that teacher, she was a big believer in you being, doing as much, like, making as much like, on the computer and printing it out, like, as possible and filling in what you need, like, data sheets-wise mm-hmm. and also activity-wise, like, she had a lot of those, and so that was the same with, like, you know, trying to get stuff, like, like, a little note of, like, there's a lot of, like, stuff, like, on Teachers Pay Teachers, there's a lot, of, like, what we did in speech today, yeah. what I'm practicing, you know, I'm practicing R in single words, here's some examples, great. Right. So, I'm hoping I can do keep doing stuff like that so that at least at least I'm trying to build that relationship with a parent who I won't see much which right. is also hard you don't see them no <laughs> so well, now with COVID I oh mean, my gosh when yes. I worked at the elementary pre-pandemic the parents would walk their kids all the way up to the classroom mm-hmm. and they might chat with you before or after yes. school and then during the pandemic it was like nothing no parents are allowed in the building mm-hmm. You know, if you're coming to get your kids off the playground, like, teachers were all masked and, like, yeah. you know, busy and, like, it, 
communication just changed for a lot of parents, especially at the elementary level, where, like, yeah. pick up and drop off was where that happened, and they yes. were like, you know, please don't cough on me or look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let yeah. me get Stay my kids and go home. Yes. Six feet, you yeah. know, space is not appropriate for confidential conversations. Yes. Um, and there's just no time and schedule. I mean, and that too. Yep. And I know you don't have your schedule yet, but it will be packed. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. yeah, let me schedule a phone call when it works for the parent. Right. I mean, I text my parents all the time. Yes. Also, because my Spanish is not good. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. even then, I text them at three o'clock and I'll get a response the next day at 11 a.m. They're mm-hmm. like, yeah. oh, good thing this wasn't urgent. Yes. That's when they and I'm to hoping, respond. I'm hoping to use, because I know you've used a lot, like, it's been cool to see you, like, using texting, obviously, from a not real number. Obviously. I love Google Voice so yes, much. Yes, obviously not your real number, <laughs> and with their permission and stuff. But that's a really great way because so many, everyone does texting. Yeah, especially like well, there's only so many age. times that you can make a phone call and then get the messages in the voicemail boxes full oh my before goodness, you're yes. like, all right, we need something else. And also, I don't answer the phone. No, like I don't want to. And also, like you said, and like we said. They're probably working, if not doing 80 other yeah. things at once. They don't have the bandwidth or the time to answer the phone. No. So, like, I'm hoping I can also use stuff yeah. like that of, like, even just a text of, like, every so often of yeah. something. Um, and um, so just, yeah, I think that, that communication is so huge. So in our reimagining, yes, in a perfect world, we'd have a huge poster at every IEP meeting that oh, says... Yes. Remember, you can interrupt and advocate for your yes. kid here. Yeah. But in our, like, baby steps as teachers and educators, mm-hmm. communicating with parents more. Yeah. I think ahead of the annual IEP meeting. Yes. And just keeping them involved in, yeah. this is what we're doing, this is what yeah. we want. And as, I mean, I don't write IEPs. Right. And often I don't get an IEP. Like, when they write oh, their new right. IEP, yeah. I don't get it till I sit down in the meeting. Yep, yep. That, and it yep. still feels weird for me as a co-worker right. who knows be, what these things mean yeah to be like is that an appropriate goal i right. still am like well, i don't know i'm not actually right. the special ed teacher right right um but i think yeah having that relationship with the parents yeah and there has been i mean there's one kid i think of who he, he didn't have an iep we were trying to get him one um but we had him on a behavior plan Okay. And I knew the mom so well Oh yeah. that I felt comfortable going to the classroom teacher and the administrator who was in that meeting and being like, that's not an appropriate behavior goal. Mm-hmm. And once I said it, then mom was like, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Like, yep. But it, mom was like, I don't know if that's my place and I'm not right. with him all day right. and maybe and they're right. And I'm not a teacher. And, and yeah. yeah, there's a lot of self-doubt. Yeah. Um, but once, you know, as, but I knew her well enough. Yeah. And knew her kid well enough to be like, yeah, no. And no. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. someone has to step in. And as soon as I did, mom was like, no, I agree. That was yeah, not going to work. And too, and even just in like in the actual meeting too, like, again, we've, uh, it's hard right now because at least in the district I'm in right now, it's all IEP meetings have been on Google Meet because mm-hmm. it's just so hard to get every, like, I get it. Like that I get. But even just like trying to like, hi, how are you? Like, yeah. Hi. You know, like, just oh kind of doing those, like, how I did are you, one, how's life? I did one right at the end of the year, and especially a teacher that I was working with is, I mean, we're having an IEP meeting the last week of school, so that tells you how prepared <laughs> this whole thing was anyway. Right. But the, um, 
had the culinary teacher in because the kid was in the culinary oh, class. Yeah. And she was talking about a project he did. And she's, you know, she retired. So she's this sweet grandma lady. And Aww. she was like, oh, my gosh, it was so fun. They did, you know, they had to make a food truck. And then they had to plan the menu out and then make a diorama of what the food truck yes. would look like. And, um, and she's, you know, kind of rambling. And I was like, oh, what kind of food was it? And the special teacher was like, what? I'm like, <laughs> what? What? What'd you do? Yeah, and I asked the kid directly. I was like, oh, dude, what kind of food was it? Yeah. Because that poor kid sat in that meeting as we're yes. talking about him. That's the other thing I didn't even talk. Yeah. It's, and, like, yeah, you know, and mom had no idea that he had made a food truck. Right. With a partner. Right. And, like, you know, what kind of food? And he's like, oh, it's hamburgers. And I was like, oh, what kind of, like, we're having this conversation. That's so cool. And I could feel the special ed teacher, like, annoyed because yeah. it's taking time. Yeah. But, like, that's the only, like. They, everything is so over their heads. Like, yes. please and, engage them. And it's a and thing with parents who have kids who are with disabilities. You, they almost always dread the IEP meeting, yeah. and they have to do it at least every year. And and it's, yeah, so anything we can do to show the positives of what the kid is doing and making the parent feel more comfortable, Any anything, yeah. even if it's just like, how is your, you know, how is your, how about that weather? Like, yeah. how about, you know, just anything of like, I'm a person and you're a person and this is hard, but we're doing it together. Yeah. We will try our, you know, we're yeah. not perfect, but we're going to try. And my favorite is, I feel like the kids I have who are special ed are so funny. Yeah, like, they love to make people laugh. It's all like to say that, like, oh my gosh, you're like, right. He comes with knock knock jokes every day. Yeah. That's awesome. It's so fun. There's yeah. not an IEP goal for that. No. It would never come up in the meeting if right. we just read from the document. But you right. know, your kid makes me laugh so much. Yes. And even that one sentence, like, that gives that parent something to hold on to. Right. And so much joy of, like, I get that they're having, like, they're not at grade level for reading. Yeah. But also as a person, like, they're delightful. Yeah. And even if they're not, there's something. There's yeah. something. And then I think <laughs> as teachers further advocating. So that student wants yeah. to be a mechanic because his dad is a mechanic. Aww. And I was like... I didn't know that. He had no classes, no right. mechanic classes on his schedule this ah, year. Ah, okay. And I was like, well, who did that? Right. Y'all knew he wanted did to you, be a mechanic. Why didn't we put him in, like... Did you ask him? <laughs> right. Right. And so then I was like, well, that's on my list to start of the year yeah. to double check his schedule, because if he's not in any mechanics classes, yeah. he needs to be in some. And at your level, too, the after a certain age point, the kids are in the IEPs, like you mentioned, and so that's a whole other thing of helping the kid feel comfortable as everyone's talking about you and right. all of your, like, oh, I can't, uh, right. no, that would be awful. So, yeah, making them feel like this is about you, this is about you, but, like, we, it should, what is, oh, what is the phrase? It's, like, nothing about us without us yep yep that's a big one and also just like this is for you but it's like with you yeah because like if the kid doesn't you know like yeah. this but is in that situation <laughs> like i don't know if mom even knew that when school starts you can still stay and change his schedule for two weeks also true if he's yeah. not in classes he wants to be in yeah call us up yep Yep. And then we have the added issue of our parents don't speak English. And there's and a lot, yeah. So and like, some, I end up helping with that, but... Yeah, and there's some parents that, at that time, they're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. They might be later in the year, or maybe the next year, or circumstances change. So just being there as much... Being... Yeah, being there when they're ready, within yeah. reason, um, to, to do that. Because especially as, as you're in the high school, like, as kids go on... Like, parents, you know, they've... By the time I got high school, they've been doing this a long time yeah. <laughs> for the IEPs. A lot of them have been doing it a long time. Yeah. So they're like, either 
they're well they're you know a little bitter which is fair mm-hmm. or also they're like mm, i'm not taking that I'm like no i know like no, no i know yeah like no i know you have to do this like yeah. change this like oh, come yeah. on. <laughs> i have a friend who's um a foster mom and they've adopted a couple kids and she actually is homeschooling her youngest two now because she just i mean i think her daughter is still in grade school but just the couple of years of IEP meetings she had to do for her daughter, she was like, I'm not over it. Yeah. Yep. She was like, and she used to be a teacher, so she was oh, like, so I know what really I'm talking knew. about. Yeah. I know. And she was like, I am tired of fighting with yes. the teachers. And my coworker has a son. He's in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. He has, I don't know if he has an IEP, but he's diagnosed with ADHD right. and some other stuff. And um, he, as a kindergartner, was kicked out of his kindergarten class. Right. For normal kindergarten boy behavior (laughs) right and then in his next class the teacher had some concerns and was like oh when they had a parent meeting the teacher's first question was like well what are you doing at home with him (laughs) my coworker about lost it she was like we emailed you a 10 page document of all of the systems (laughs) and strategies that we use at home and here's the things that are really effective like a point system and you know, prizes, and we're happy to help with that at home. Right. Here's all the things that are not effective, but you've still been doing them, right. so clearly you didn't read right. our 10-page document. Right. She came in, she left, and came back to work in the same day. Oh. She was like, I should have taken the afternoon, because she came back so mad. Yeah. So mad. And he's, and you said this kid is in kindergarten. He's a kindergartner. He just started. <laughs> and his dad doesn't, like, they purposely, his mom obviously works full-time with me, but she has summers off with him. Her husband doesn't work, mm-hmm. or he works a job that's super flexible yeah. because of their son. Yes. So dad was like, I will come in every day and sit right. with him right. in the classroom. <laughs> and the teacher was like, yeah, if you could come for recess. And he and was like, like, you need me at recess, really? <laughs> no, I'm not offering to volunteer right. as a parent volunteer. Right, right, right. Like, my kid does fine during recess. He's a five-year-old boy. He knows how to do recess. Right, like, right. Yeah, they just yeah. so push them off, and they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, So, yeah, and it's one of those where we are all humans, which we are, none of us are perfect, and sometimes we say things, and we're like, oh, no, or we hear things, Um, but there's, especially, I know in parenting, there's a thing of, like, being just, uh, being good enough, (laughs) it's called good enough parenting, because, like, you're not going to be perfect. No. But. No, but as teachers and educators, I think really helping our parents um, understand the system. Yeah. And understand, like what rights and things they are allowed to say mm-hmm. and kind of helping be that bridge because it is so intimidating yeah. and exhausting. Yeah. And then once the student is old enough, them too, because they yeah. then become a self-advocate. And that's yeah. a huge thing with people with disabilities, learning to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Um, and so helping the parents who can hopefully build that in the kid and then the kid as well of like, yeah. So, yeah, definitely I think that that would be, that would be perfect world. And every, we're always getting better. We're always learning. Yeah. But there's always more growth. Yep. <laughs> and then we'll start painting that on the walls of our IEP meeting rooms. Yes. Like, you have a voice here. Yes. Ooh, I like that. That's my big goal. I like that. There you go. I like that. All right, well, thank you for doing this first episode with me. I'm so excited. You're welcome. I'm so excited to see where the podcast goes, but it felt good to do it with you. Oh, thanks. And thank you for inviting. I was very honored. Aww. Like, I figured, but it was still, like, it was still nice. <laughs> You were like, I assumed. Right, but, but it's like... still nice to know. <laughs> um, and also, my other favorite part is that after we're done with this, I leave, and I don't have to touch this, because trying to deal you with... You don't have to upload it. I don't have to don't... listen to myself. Oh, gosh. You don't ha- I don't have to edit anything. I don't like... know if I'm going to listen to it. I might just... <laughs> just guess. It's probably fine. <laughs> 
it's probably fine. We're yeah, brilliant. Fine. So yeah, yeah. Put a little music at the front. Like, yeah, that's nah, fine. Some royalty free music. Done. Yeah. It'll be great. Done. I'll just record the cat meowing. And then <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be. Can you record doodles like just talking? <laughs> There you go. We'll start and end with doodles chirping. Yes. So, Christine and I have to go play video games now. So thank yep. you for tuning in. Um, if you have questions or comments, you can always find the podcast at reimagine.teaching. Um, there'll be an email at some point, maybe. Um, <laughs> Instagram is the best option. If you or someone you know is interested in recording, um, please also send me a DM on there. I'm so excited to kind of reach out to educators and reimagine what our teaching system could look like um, with all the funding and support in the world. <laughs> right, but also right. what can we do, our little steps, to yes, make our little corners of the world better. So thanks, and see you next time.